listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today we're going to deal with something um, that so many people are struggling with, and it's sad because God doesn't want you to struggle, uh, but many, many people battle a spirit of fear. And the Bible tells us, by the way, that it is a spirit. It is a spirit. I do want to say that from the outset of the broadcast. And by the way, if you haven't, uh, take a minute to share uh, as you're logging on. But let me, let me say this to you. There are people, even in the body of Christ, that will just treat fear like it's an emotion. Or they may treat fear and anxiety like it's a disorder. You know, I, and you, of course you guys know that if you uh, are around anybody in society, you know some people just treat it like an emotion, and there's others that just treat it like a disorder. Well, he you know, has a social anxiety disorder, he has this disorder. And so we've tried to, um, you know, normalize things that are really attacks of the devil, if you study the Word of God. And so the Bible's very clear and tells us that fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. And it has to be dealt with uh, spiritually. And I want you to write it in the comments for those that are with me today. And maybe you're listening on the podcast. Just say it out loud. Uh, fear is a spirit. No question about that. Fear is a spirit. And we have to deal with it spiritually. I do want to make that distinction because you cannot deal with something that has a spiritual root with a natural answer. That's so huge. And people try to do that. And all you could really do is deal with the effects of fear. That's all you could really do. You can't destroy the spirit of fear naturally. You know, there's people that take medication. I'm sure you know this, and I'm not speaking against medication. I'm just trying to prove a point to you. There are people who take medication to deal with anxiety. And one of the things that I want you to get or understand about that is you could take that medication that may calm your nerves down or calm you down in the natural realm. But, but see this, even though it does, it doesn't deal with the root of fear. It doesn't deal with the origin or where the fear is stemming from. And, and so it's just the same way with depression. You know, you could take medication, you could take antidepressants, but it doesn't deal with the spirit of heaviness. It's the root. It's the cause. You know, you're just, all you're doing is uh, adjusting the effects. You're adjusting the effects, but you don't want to just adjust the effects. You want to deal with it at the root or at the cause. Because here's the deal that's so wonderful. If you will deal with the root or the cause, you'll not have the effects or have to worry about uh, medicating or dealing with those effects. And I know, listen, there are people that have pushed back against me hard for this message. They're, literally, and you wouldn't think that, but there are Christians who have pushed back hard when I preach this, when I talk about this. You know, they think that me talking like this is being very insensitive. Or if I'm not insensitive, then in their minds, I'm just ignorant because I don't understand. If you understood the medical uh, ramifications of, of what it is people deal with, you wouldn't talk like that. You wouldn't be so hard. But understand something. I deal with what the Bible says. And one of the things that we have to know and we have to recognize is that the Bible is God's eternal wisdom written down. <laughs> like, if you don't know that, it's something you should put in the comments. The Bible is God's eternal wisdom written down. I'll say it again because it's a vital thing to understand. The Bible is God's eternal wisdom written down. Janine said, it's absolutely not ignorant and I'm a nurse. And she understands what I mean. 
But this is the eternal word of God that is wisdom from above that outranks any man's wisdom. It outranks any man's wisdom. And so I want you to see this because did you realize that there have been things that even now doctors are recognizing as true that in the past they did not, but the Bible told us these things thousands of years ago. Like for example, we read Proverbs 17, 22. Proverbs 17, 22, the Bible says a merry heart, a joyful heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. That's Proverbs 17, 22. Well, it's now we're in the place where we have way more understanding, more, way more research has been done than ever before. Clinical studies, uh, uh, people are being observed uh, that are dealing with these things. And you can see that stress, um, depression, they will actually affect your physical body. And of course, I'm sure you guys know that if you've watched this, I've talked about it before. If you've watched the broadcast for any period of time, stress, heaviness, depression, they will affect your physical health. And they do. You know, when a doctor starts to tell you you're too stressed out, you need to begin to do some things that, you know, make you happy. Take up a hobby, anything that can lessen the stress. You know, doctors will tell you that's medical advice now. Take up a hobby so that you're less stressed out because the stress is actually killing you. And so we start to realize these things will affect your physical body. Well, we know that now, but the Bible said that thousands of years ago. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Hannah said, been there. She understands. There's many people, Carol, I've experienced this. Many people know exactly what I'm talking about. It affects your physical body. Do you know even, even clinical psychologists understand this stuff. I was just reading uh, a clinical psychologist yesterday who was talking about the fact that even in the natural world, when people feel like they're not uh, victorious, to put it in a Christian term, or successful, they feel like they're being held back. Did you know, if you didn't know this, you need to know it. <clears throat> if your body or your mind feels like that you are not uh succeeding or that you're not victorious, or you're not in a position where you should be. Did you know that your, your body will start telling itself to excrete less serotonin in your body? Did you know that? I mean, that's amazing that a mental state can actually cause your body to do something different chemically. I mean, that, that blows my mind. That you literally, and that now we start to realize how important your mental state is according to the word of God. But did you know that you're, if you feel like you're in a place where you're losing, that you're not victorious, that you're not successful, that you're not accomplishing, that you're not fulfilling, you, your body will produce less serotonin in those cases, which affects your overall everything. It affects everything about your body. So uh, they say, you know, obviously they've done plenty of studies on this. People who feel like they're very successful, they're very, their, their body will produce excess serotonin and then they're, they're dominant, they're, they're winning, they're crushing at life, whatever. It's amazing to me, amazing to me that just your mental state will affect how your body reacts in the natural world. So we start to realize how important it is to guard your mind. How important it is to not just take thoughts as they come, take moods as they come, but to control your mind, control your mood. Because if you don't, it'll control you. And so many people deal with the spirit of fear, but I want you to see this. Janine said mental health is one of my strong places. So you understand what I'm talking about. It's very, very vital that we as believers control. We don't take thoughts as they come. We don't meditate on just anything that comes. We don't submit ourselves to what's going on in the world and say, well, that's just life. We take control through the power, by the way, of self-control. It's a fruit of the spirit, 
remember again, we're fighting spiritual attacks with spiritual weapons. Hallelujah. We're, and I do want you to either write that in your notes, put it in the comments. We're fighting spiritual attacks with spiritual weapons. We fight spiritual attacks with spiritual weapons. What does the Bible say in the book of Zechariah? It says, not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I want you to see this. It's not by natural might, nor by natural power, but it's by his spirit. You can't win. You know, you can't fight a devil with a gun. <laughs> you can't fight a devil with your fists. It doesn't work that way. It's not by might. It's not by power. Zechariah 4, 6. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So we come over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I want to show you what the Bible says. This is another way to say it. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Do you see that? Powerful. The weapons of our warfare. Well, what's our warfare? It's spiritual warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, or one translation says are not carnal, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So hear, hear this with me today. Uh, spirit of fear is a stronghold. It's a spiritual stronghold. So how do you fight it? Not with natural strength, not with carnal weapons. How can you, what are you going to pull out a gun and shoot the spirit of fear? You can't do that. You can't slice it with a sword. You can't stab it with a knife. You have to fight against it with spiritual weapons. And God has given us spiritual weaponry. We're going to deal with that. Amen. Now look at verse five, because this is a, a concept that I wish every believer would put into practice. Verse five says, we, not God, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Now here, here's the, here's the part I want you to see and take every thought captive to obey Christ. One translation says, we, we, make, we take every thought and make it a prisoner and make it obey Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We make it obey. I'm breaking out the big guns. It's the life application study Bible. We're in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10. Let me, let me read it to you here um, in the New Living Translation. Listen to what the Bible says here. It says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God we capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So you know what this is showing us? It's showing us that we have control and dominion over our thoughts. We have the ability to capture thoughts, put them in prison and make them obey Jesus Christ. Very powerful thought. Very powerful thought. So here's what people will say. Well, I can't control the thoughts that pop into my head. You may not be able to, but you can control if you meditate on them or not. Huge difference. If I have something pop into my head, it doesn't mean I have to sit there and dwell on it for 30 minutes. I take it captive. If the devil inserts, and I want you to see this, love you, Pastor Bill Motley, if you have a thought that's been inserted by suggestion from the enemy, he starts to try to uh, give you thoughts to dwell on. Oh, it's rough in the world. You know, you better start hoarding up. You better get ready. It's going to get worse and worse. You're going to be in trouble. You better. And then you get all these thoughts and it starts to try to produce fear. 
What are you going to do? You're going to sit there and take those thoughts and say, yeah, that's true. You know, it is, it is worse out there than ever before. And I'm telling you, I don't know what's going to happen to me and my family. I don't know. You actually take that thought captive and then you make it obey Jesus Christ. How do you make it obey Jesus Christ? You actually contradict and destroy that thought by what the word of God already said. You contradict and destroy that thought by what the word of God already said. You have to take it and put it in prison and tell it that this is number one. Not only is this not what I'm going to dwell on, but number two, it's not true if it contradicts God's word. It is not true if it contradicts God's word. I don't care how many specialists have gotten together and concurred that, yeah, that's, that's the state. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's an excellent way to say it, Tyra. Fight thoughts with words. Fight thoughts with words. Everybody follow her um, lead and put that in the comments. We fight thoughts with words. We fight thoughts with words. Every time the devil tried to present a thought process to Jesus, Jesus would respond to that by saying, it is written. And then he would quote the word of God to the devil. And isn't it interesting that the devil would try to quote the word of God out of context and Jesus would rebuke him for quoting it and then quote a scripture back to him in context. Because that's what the devil will do. He'll try to use half scriptures to make people fall off the faith wagon, as it were. Half scriptures. Half scri Be careful of half scriptures. Let me just say that to you. Be careful of half scriptures. What do I mean by half scriptures? Well, there's people that will stand up when things go wrong. You know what they'll say? They'll say, well, you know what the Bible says, brother, many are the afflictions of the righteous. And that's a half scripture. And so you're going to take a half scripture and take it out of context and say, that's the reason that we go through trials and problems. That's why you're sick. That's why you're broke. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That is a half scripture. And if you stand on a half scripture, then you'll be in bondage. Because if you read the whole scripture, the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Not some, all. And so if all you do is receive a half scripture like the devil was given to Jesus, and you say, well, you know, that's right, the Bible does say that. You know, I just should expect a life that's full of affliction. You know what? I'm going to live the rest of my life just full of affliction because I'm righteous. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Lord delivers them out of them all. And so you fight thoughts with words. You fight thoughts with words. But let me, let me start here because I'm going to give you a progression. Here is the progression to destroy the spirit of fear. This is the progression to destroy the spirit of fear. Uh, Step one, step two, and step three to destroy the spirit of fear. Are you ready? And they all, let me say this, they cannot be done out of order. I do want to say that. This is one of the few lists that I'm going to give you that has to be done in order. Many times we'll, I'll give you five reasons for this or seven reasons for that or whatever. And you can, you know, it's just, they're all keys to victory and they can be done in any order. This cannot this actually has to be done in the order uh, that we're teaching it uh, because you can't, you would not be able to do it out of order. And you'll see what I mean by that in a moment. But number one, if you're going to destroy the spirit of fear, then number one, you must ingest the word of God. That's number one. Everything else that I'm going to teach is going to stem from this. And here's why many people fail is that they have a spiritual uh, deficiency. Just like you can have a vitamin deficiency in your body and it causes something to happen. You know, one of the things that I, I find very interesting is that they're telling us that many, many people, 
especially even in America, you know, many, many people have uh, not only vitamin, but mineral deficiencies in their bodies because of the fact that we eat so much processed food. We don't get fresh food like people used to. Uh, you go to the farms and people used to have fresh vegetables, fresh everything. And now we don't. And they're telling us that many people have vitamin and mineral deficiencies in their bodies. Well, now they're saying, well, if you've got this kind of a symptom, you don't need a medication. You need that vitamin or mineral in your body. And there's, uh, you know, there's places where you can check this out. And it's very interesting to me that they, they can break down anything. If you've got problems with your skin, if you've got problems with this, just it's because you're probably deficient in this vitamin or mineral. And if you would just take a supplement of that vitamin mineral, you'd see that problem go away. It's the same with the word of God. There are many people in the body of Christ that are word deficient. They're not ingesting the word of God on a daily basis. Not only reading it for themselves, but they're listening to preaching and teaching. Those are needed. Those are needed. And I commend those of you that are joining us on the broadcast because you're doing that uh, yourself. That's something you're doing right now is that you're having your spirit man fed by the word of God through preaching and teaching. So two areas where you need to be filling yourself up is reading the Bible for yourself and then also listening to preaching and teaching. Why is that the case? Because God has given us apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And so God put those gifts in the body to fill you with faith as the word of God is preached and taught. And so we've done everything in our power to make sure you have content to fill your spirit with faith. Here at Miracle Word University, here at Miracle Word Ministries, we do everything we can. You've got the university with classes. You've got the daily broadcast uh, Monday through Friday. And then on top of that, if you say, well, it's Saturday or Sunday and I don't have it. We got, we've got Miracle Word Radio that literally plays 24-7. We have all the archived videos on YouTube. We've got so much content for free, for free, that you could fill your spirit all day long with faith and never stop, and never stop. And we do that for you because I understand how powerful this first point is. We must ingest the word of God. We have to ingest it. And, and understand when we do, it becomes everything we need. The word, in fact, I want you to write it in the comments. The word of God is everything I need. The word of God is everything I need. Jeremiah said it becomes joy and rejoicing. Jeremiah 15, 16. So it becomes joy and rejoicing. It becomes health and strength. Proverbs chapter four, verses 20 through 22. It becomes prosperity and success. Joshua 1, uh, 8. So it becomes everything you need. It becomes everything you need. And so when you ingest it, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. It comes by hearing and hearing. Not having heard, hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. See, and so what I want you to catch with me today is that you've got to constantly ingest the word of God if you're going to walk in victory over a spirit of fear, spirit of depression, spirit of infirmity, whatever it might be. It is the fuel. The word of God is victory fuel. Hallelujah. That's something you should write down since you're part of the victory tribe. The word of God is victory fuel. It's victory fuel. It wouldn't matter if you had a Lamborghini in your driveway, if it didn't have gas in the tank, it is just a massive paperweight at that point. I don't care how fast the car is, how powerful the engine is, how aerodynamic the body is. It's not going anywhere without gas in the engine or gas in the tank. I should say it's not going anywhere. And the word of God is victory fuel. It's victory fuel. And that's the key. If you don't intake the fuel, you have all the potential in the world with the ability to go nowhere. 
all the potential in the world with the ability to go nowhere. Because just like that Lamborghini in the driveway, you're built to go at the fastest speed, ride, mount up with wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, but there's no fuel in the tank. And that's why the devil wants you to do everything else except ingest the word of God. Everything else except taking the word of God. And you've got to take it in. Love you, TJ. Got to take it in. And that's what we're doing daily. We're reading the word. We're listening to preaching and teaching. Let me give you a, a warning. Don't just depend on your Sunday morning church experience to carry you through the whole week. God never intended you to take one day's experience to carry you through the whole week. I mean, imagine if all you ever did for your physical body was give it food or water only in the morning on Sunday. You would die. At some point, you would die. And you can't do that because you're not designed, you're not designed to only have nutrition spiritually one day a week. How many people do that? They take their Bible and after they're done with church, they throw it in the back window of the car and the dashboard and that's where it stays until the next Sunday if they even go back. Because the average Christian goes to church one out of every five Sundays. So this is why so many are defeated. And so then what happens is we create this, then we create this doctrine. Well, you know, the reason so many are struggling is because, you know, it's not God's will to heal everybody. It's not God's will to bless everybody. It's not God's will to prosper everybody. It's not God's will to deliver everybody. That's not the case at all. It's just the fact that so many believers do not have fuel to have victory. They don't have the fuel to have the victory has nothing at all to do with God or his desire or his nature or his character. Nothing. Has everything to do with the fact Christians don't have fuel. And that's why I'm saying. Uh, TJ's quoting there F.F. Bosworth from the book we're offering this month, Christ the Healer. People feed their spirits one cold snack a week and their bodies three hot meals a day and wonder why they're weak in faith. F.F. Bosworth said that. They feed their bodies three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week and wonder why they're so weak in faith. That's why. Because the word of God is victory fuel. And if you only get it on the morning of Sunday, and then most people don't even go to church every Sunday. So what are you going to do? You're going to go three weeks without any fuel? You're going to go two weeks without any victory fuel and then wonder why you're struggling? Don't wonder. Get the fuel. And that's the key, is that here we realize the Word of God is the baseline. Everything else flows out of the Word content you have in your spirit. That's so vital that you catch this. Everything else flows out of the Word content that you have in your spirit. Everything else flows out of the Word content you have in your spirit. And so that has to be step number one. You'll see that because when I get to steps two and three in a moment, you'll recognize the fact steps two and three aren't even possible if you don't have step one going. It's not even possible. It won't even work. It won't even work. So let me encourage you right now that you should be doing everything. And of course, I'm talking to people that are watching the broadcast or listening to the podcast. So you're already taking steps to fill your spirit with faith. You're already taking steps to uh, build yourself up and put yourself in position for victory. And I commend you because you're doing more than 90% of Christians will do. And that's why I call you the victory tribe because I expect you to see victory. I expect you to see victory. And so the word of God's got to be in our spirit. Now, let me say why that I, that I say both are necessary. Because, you know, you'll hear people will be like, well, all you need is the Word of God, brother. Just read it for yourself. You don't need to hear what people have to say about the Word of God. That's such a stupid thing to say. Such a dumb thing to say. Because God gave those gifts. You know, for the same people that's like, we need to read less books about the Bible and read more of the Bible. I don't believe that. Because if you believe that line of logic then you could also say, we need to hear less preaching about the Bible and hear and read more of the Bible. No, 
because God ordained preaching and teaching. And books are just written preaching and teaching. Books are just written preaching and teaching. That's it. And so what I want you to see is this, is if you don't daily fill yourself up with God's word, you're missing out on the fuel necessary to see the victory God wants you to see. But let's move on to number two. If you're going to defeat a spirit of fear, the second thing will stem out of the first thing. What is the second thing? Number one, ingest the word. Number two, meditate. Meditation is not a new age principle. They've stolen it from God. You know, before there was new age, you know, cults and new age philosophy, before there was Buddhism, before there was Islam or any other thing, there was Christianity, there was Judaism. Before there was any of that, there was Judaism and there was Christianity. The oldest religions in the world. Amen. Of course, Judaism, the oldest, and then outspringing Christianity. But meditation was done among the Jews. God, God actually commanded Joshua to meditate. I'm sure you know that. But if you go back to that scripture that I referenced earlier in Joshua um, chapter 1, what does God say to Joshua? He said, this book of the law, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that's written in it for then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. What did he say? You shall meditate on it day and night. Meditation is not a new age principle. You know, these people that are nut jobs, like, well, Christians, they talk about that meditation. They're dipping into that new age, trying to bring that into the Christianity. No, that's been there since the beginning. You meditate. Why do you think Paul said, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Set your mind. You know what that is? A meditation. Do you know, do you know what it means to meditate? It means to purposefully think about something to purposefully think about something. I'm meditating on it. I'm purposefully thinking about something. I'm doing what Paul said to do. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind. Set your mind. That's right. Number two is you have to meditate on God's word. Let's look at this because one of the things that blows my mind is how flippant people are with their thoughts. Go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 3, Paul wrote this. If then, I'm in verse 1, if then you've been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. <laughs> Set your mind on things that are above. Let me show you this. Go back. One book, one letter to Philippians 4. Same author, Paul the Apostle. And he said the uh, same type of thing to the Philippian church. Listen to this. Philippians 4, let's start reading with verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, that's the word of God, by the way, because there's a lot of things in your life that'll try to present themselves as true to you. You look at the news, you look at the world, you look at the economy, you look at, and they'll try to present themselves as true to you, but the real truth is God's word. It is the highest truth in the universe. If it contradicts what's going on in nature, it's true, nature's wrong. It's true, the news is wrong. It's true, the doctor's report is wrong. You see, 
Whatsoever things are true. This is truth. That's verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So those two passages right there from the Apostle Paul, set your mind on things above, and then he listed the kinds of things that you should think about. Meditate. And so what do you do? And I'm telling you, I, I, I have this written in my notes, in my phone and in my tablet to write a book on this one day. And it's, and it's the, the subject of meditation because so few people do it. I mean, I, mean I, want you to, I want you to think about it. When was the last time you sat down to just meditate on things God said in his word about you. I mean, think about it. When did you ever just sit down on a lazy boy or on the couch or sit down in your bed and just, and close your eyes and not read the Bible, not listen to preaching, not just to meditate on the things God said about you. You know, we do that in the natural realm about other things. If you're in love with somebody, You'll meditate on them. You'll daydream about them. You'll think about how wonderful they are. You'll think about how handsome or beautiful they are. You'll think about how much you enjoy spending time with them. You'll daydream. You'll meditate. That's meditation. You'll meditate on that person. Right? All those different things. So when was the last time you ever did that about what God's word says about you? For example, if he said... In 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes you were healed. And then you can go back to Exodus 15, I am the God that heals you. So if you just sat back and thought, you know, imagine that. You think about the fact, imagine Christ's blood being shed on the cross. Imagine him shouting, it is finished. It's done. Imagine his body getting up from the grave ascending into heaven after 40 days of being with his disciples on the earth. Imagine him now seated at the right hand of the father, making intercession for you. And then imagine the stripes, the literal stripes that are upon his back, every one of them purchasing your healing. And then imagine how powerful that act of redemption is meditating on the fact that there is no sickness. There is no disease that is more powerful than the act of redemption that Jesus uh, completed and now we have access to. And there's no sickness or disease that can violate what Jesus has done. And so you begin to recognize that as I meditate on what Christ did and what he, the Bible says, then the things of this world become more and more insignificant. And you think about this, when the psalmist said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. One of the things that I've pointed out in my preaching about that verse is that when you magnify something, it doesn't get bigger. Only your view of it gets bigger. A magnifying glass would not make my phone any bigger. It would just make my view of the phone bigger. Same with a stamp. Same with a coin, whatever you might be looking at, words on a newspaper, it doesn't matter. It just makes your view of that thing bigger. The same with God. When you meditate on God, when you meditate or magnify the Lord, when you meditate on his word, when you magnify his word, magnify his name, magnify him, he doesn't get any bigger. It's just your view of God that gets bigger. You know what happens when your view and the viewfinder gets bigger? It causes you to miss the view of other things. Let me give you an example. Take a camera, a professional camera. If you put your eye in the viewfinder, or excuse me, what do they call that? It's not the viewfinder. Is it the viewfinder, Tiffany? If you put your eye in the viewfinder to uh, arrange a shot, if you're composing a shot and your eye is in the viewfinder of that camera, guess what else is going to be true? You're not going to be able to see anything to the side of you. You're not going to see things behind you. You're not even going to see things that are outside of the field of view of your lens. Why? 
one eye is closed, the other one is looking through the viewfinder, you're focused on something specific. And because you're focused on a specific thing, guess what? It actually blocks out the other things that are around it. And that's what happens when you magnify the Lord. When you zoom in and just focus on meditate on him, what he said, who he is, what he's done, it actually blocks out. It minimizes the other things of this world. You know, when I was um, young, we used to sing a song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I don't know if you've ever heard that song before. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. That, that was the line. You catch that? When you're looking full at his wonderful face, the things of this earth or this world grow strangely dim. What does that mean? It means that when you are focused on Christ, focused on his word, focused on his nature, his ability Guess what happens? Everything else pales in comparison to the majesty of God or Jesus Christ. Nothing compares to him. The things of earth grow strangely dim. Hallelujah. They grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And so you start to recognize if I will meditate on the word, if I will focus my thoughts, if I will set my mind on things above, the things of this earth grow strangely dim. I am starting now to put my focus on the mighty word of God, the person of Jesus Christ, the nature, the character of God. Everything else that's an attack against my life has to melt away. Because remember this, we've already, we would all, we've already filled our heart in step one with the mighty word of God. So we've already done that. We've got the fuel for victory. Now that we have, guess what? We have something to meditate on. The reason I said this can't be done out of order is because if you just try to jump straight to meditation and you've got no word content in your spirit, what are you going to meditate on? If you don't know the Bible, if you don't have scripture in your spirit, if you couldn't even quote, if you needed healing and couldn't even quote scriptures on healing, what are you going to meditate on? What will be your meditation? It will slip into whatever it is you do know or whatever is in the uh, filling your heart. If everything that's filling your heart is the bad report of the doctor, if what's filling your heart is the things going on in the world, if these things fill your heart, then what are you going to meditate on? You can't meditate on something you don't know. Am I right? You can't meditate on something you don't know. If I don't have the word of God filling me, how can I meditate on it? I can't. So it has to be done in order. I've got to fill myself with the word every day, every day. And then I've got to meditate on the power of that word and what it says about me. Amen. Do you know, and maybe I'll put this out as a resource, but you know, it'd be a great thing for us to have. And I'm sure you could make it yourself, but I'll, I'll probably make it at some point uh, in the near future as a resource is just a PDF sheet, just like a PDF sheet of many different things that the Bible says about you with the scripture reference next to it right? I am healed. First Peter two twenty four. I am victorious. First Corinthians 15, 57, right? I am blessed. Ephesians 1, 3. I am prosperous. Second Corinthians 8, 9, right? So I, I'm, I'm just going to make a resource like that where we have confessions. See, because it becomes easier to meditate on something personally when you know what that thing is and what it says about you. So what do I mean by that? What was the first one I said? I am healed. Well, the Bible says by his stripes, you were healed by his stripes, by whose stripes you were healed. So I was healed. So I can say, I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. I can say I am blessed. Why can I say that? Because the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 3, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. I am blessed. I am blessed. 
I can say, I am righteous. You know why? Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, He who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. I am righteous. I am prosperous. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty he could make you rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. I am prosperous. I am prosperous. I am blessed. I am righteous. I am healed. You see? And so we need to put that out. So I guess, Tiffany, just make a note, because we, we do need to do it for people that are watching. And it'll be something that will keep you. Even if you don't have anything, you can pull that thing out and just begin to not only confess it on a daily basis, not only confess it on a daily basis, but to sit down and just begin to meditate on it. I was, I was dead in trespasses and in sins. I was literally on my way to hell. There was no way for me to get to heaven. And then Jesus, who knew no sin, took the sins of the world, took my sins upon his body and crucified them on the cross of Calvary. He was made to be sin, then he destroyed sin so that I could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You meditate on that. I once was dead and now I'm alive. You know, people have laughed at that thought, you know, that, you know, well, people say salvation's the greatest miracle of all, but really, you know, miracles are, it is the greatest miracle of all. You know why? You were dead. <laughs> you were spiritually dead and on your way to eternal punishment in hell. And then the miracle of not only Christ's birth, which we're celebrating this month, but his sinless life, his crucifixion, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven gave us access to, be, to resurrection power. We went from death unto life. That is supernatural. Supernatural. And so we meditate on these things. We have to meditate on them. We have to set our minds on them. You know, because what I'm about to give you for number three, if you don't have one and two in place, three is not possible. Three is not possible. And three is this, you've got to speak, which is why uh, we're making this resource for you at some point. It won't take long to make. It's why you've got to speak or confess. These are three ways to destroy the spirit of fear. Ingest the word, meditate on the word, speak the word. Ingest the word, meditate on the word, speak the word. Those three things will destroy fear. They'll destroy fear. Well, the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. What is perfect love? Well, the Bible says God is love. God is love. But remember this, God is also his word. God is also his word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Hallelujah. So God is his word. God is his word. So his word is love. Amen. His word is love. So you've got to ingest it, meditate on it, and speak it. Now, when you speak it, the Bible says this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so I want you to see this today. If it's filling your heart, it will come out of your mouth. I'm going to say that again. If it's filling your heart, it will come out of your mouth. So important to catch this. If it's in your heart, it'll come out of your mouth. So what fills your heart? That's the question. What fills your heart? What is it that you've allowed to fill your mind? See, because if it's filling your heart, it's filling your mind, becomes your meditation. And then what? And then it becomes what you say. And here's where it gets vital because what you say becomes reality. 
What you say, why? Because in your words, the power of death and life are in the tongue. The power of death and life are in the tongue. That's Proverbs 18, 21. And so I want you to see this. You've got to ingest the fuel. You've got to meditate on that fuel, the word of God. You've got to speak the word of God. Must speak it. You must speak it. And so if you want to defeat a spirit of fear, and I'm going to pray for those of you that are watching today. If you want to defeat and destroy a spirit of fear, it's going to come from ingesting the word, meditating on the word, and speaking the word over your life without question. Speaking the word over your life. So I want you to bow your head. Those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, I want you to bow your head. I'm going to pray because so many people are struggling with the spirit of fear, spirit of anxiety, spirit of depression, suicidal thoughts. They're not able to deal with what's going on in the world right now. But I'm going to encourage you right now. I'm going to encourage you by the power of God. Fear has to loose its grip on you and let you go. And then I've given you, I've given you the avenues to stay free from fear, to stay free from anxiety, to stay free from the attack of the devil. Let me pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for every person watching and listening. I pray right now that the mighty anointing of your Holy Spirit would come upon every single one of these. And I pray in Jesus' mighty name that you would touch them today, bring peace to their heart. You are the God who gives us peace. You're Jehovah Shalom. It's a peace that passes all understanding. And so I rebuke the spirit of fear today. I pray for Hannah right now that's pregnant, having a spirit of fear that's trying to come upon her about miscarriage. I rebuke that in Jesus' mighty name. I command it to loose its grip, let her go by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, today, touch your people supernaturally. I pray that the power of your spirit come upon them even as I'm praying now. And I thank you that peace comes now from heaven. I command that spirit of fear to loose its grip and let go in Jesus' name. Anxiety, go. Depression, heaviness, go. Suicidal thoughts, you must go in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we thank you and we give you praise for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you that from this day forward, we'll walk according to the mighty word of God and stay free, walk free, that these things will not touch us. Thousand may fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand, but these things will not touch us in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you and we give you glory and praise for it in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. If you believe and receive it, throw some fire in the comments section and listen, on this Tuesday, I'm going to give you an encouragement. The best days are ahead of us, not behind us. I want you to hear this because I know people are saying and people believe, well, it's, it's going to get rough. Things are going to get more rough than they've ever been. Hear what I'm saying to you for the believer, for the faithful, for those that are a part of God's body, the body of Christ, things are going to get better and better and better in Jesus name. They're going to get better and better and better in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That's going to be our story. That's going to be our story. And so don't expect the worst, expect the best. Don't expect the worst, expect the best in Jesus name, because the best belongs to us by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me encourage you to sow a seed today by faith. If this has blessed you, if you're believing for increase in 2021, let me encourage you to sow a financial seed. Would you consider partnering with Carolyn and with me as we are stepping out by faith? Do you know what's amazing is that in this year of 2020, so many people have acted like uh, it was a year of regression. Can I tell you something? It's the best year our ministry's ever seen and it's about to get better. Doors have opened, it's about to get better than it's ever been. And this was the best. You don't have to move backward with the world. You can move forward in faith. In a year when everybody said, you got to cut back, you got to do less, we did more, accomplish more, and have more now. And now it's put us in position for the best year we've ever had coming. And so I want to encourage you, would you consider partnering with me and with Carolyn as we're getting ready to step out? We're a family 
accomplishing the work of God together. And what we're getting ready to see happen, the fruit of 2021, it's going to blow all of our minds. And so listen, here's what I want you to do. If you'd be willing to do that, if you would consider that, stand with us. What we've prayed for, you know, you've heard me say it before, is a thousand people that would stand with us at $85 a month or more. That's not a massive amount of money every month, but it is a significant amount of money. It makes a difference. Makes a difference in this world. Thank you, Hannah, for sowing a seed. We love you. And so uh, it's very easy to do. As you see on the screen, you can go to miracleword.com and you can sow a seed there on the website. And every avenue of giving is there on the give page. Whether you want to use Cash App in the U.S., Venmo, PayPal. If you'd like to mail a check to our ministry, all of that information is on the website. But let me encourage you, whatever it is that you feel like you can do, What can you do on a monthly basis that would make a difference for the kingdom? Are you able to sow $85 a month? Are you able to sow $100 a month? Are you able to sow $50? Are you able to sow $35 a month? What can you do on an ongoing monthly basis that will push the gospel forward? Thank you, Tyra, for sowing a seed today. Appreciate you. And so you can go to miracleword.com and you can click on the give page. All of the information is there if you'd like to give. And then listen to me. Those of you that are partnering with us this month at $85 or more, thank you, Denise. That's so kind of you to do that. Like Denise, anybody sowing $85 or more, we're giving you three options in the month of December. Healing the Sick by Dr. T.L. Osborne or Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth or if you'd like to receive it, the book that my father released at his 40th anniversary of ministry, Miracles in Marriage, 40 Years pictorial of all of his ministry uh, endeavors over the last 40 years, it'll bless you. So any of those that you would like to have uh, are available. Put that slide up one more time. If you'll go to the website, miracleword.com forward slash offer. And there you can make the choice of which of those that you'd like to have, as well as fill out your address so that we know where to mail it. And uh, my father said he'd also be signing those books Uh, for those of you that sow that make that choice. So miracleword.com forward slash offer so that we don't have to try to use the gifts of the spirit uh, to figure out where you live. So thank you uh, for doing that. By the way, if you just logged on, don't forget, we have a brand new mission for the kids this month in December. We're going through the gospel of Luke, uh, the Christmas story for the month of December. You don't want to miss it. Go to MiracleWordKids.com, accept the new Bible reading mission for the month. It's absolutely free, absolutely free uh, for everybody that wants to get involved. We have people all over the world that are involved. Thank you, Carol uh, Blanchard, for sowing a seed. Appreciate you very much. Um, And so go there today, grab it for your kids or your grandkids. It'll be a massive blessing to you. And then, of course, if you did not know, we've got the brand new course for prosperity in Miracle Word University that's now available, Divine Prosperity, Walking in Supernatural Financial Abundance. Um, This is the most extensive course we've ever released, over eight hours of teaching for only $69. And then, of course, we put a new bundle together, all five courses for only what is it, 249? 249. That's 28% off. That's almost 40 hours of teaching that you get Divine Prosperity, the new course, Mountain Moving Faith, Answered Prayer, Divine Healing, and the teaching on the Holy Spirit, Pneumatology One. You get all five of those for only $249. That's 28% off. It's usually close to 350 if you buy them all individually. So we're doing that to hook you up. Listen, here is the good news as well. For those of you that have already purchased the bundle in the past when it was a four-course bundle, if you'd like to upgrade to the five-course bundle, do me a favor. Just send an email to tiffany at miracleword.com and we will give you a special discounted price so you can upgrade to the new course because you're already a a bundle owner. We're doing that for everybody that's already a part of the school that bought the bundle in the past. We don't want you to be left out.
We love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me today. I'll be back again with you tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. You don't want to miss it, and uh, I love you. Have a great day. I'll talk to you very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.